The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Good afternoon, a little after four on this Friday. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. We're on every day at this time, and you can also find our programs anytime at youtube.com, and then just search for The View from a Pew, and we appreciate you doing that and uh, taking a chance to maybe learn a little bit more about the Bible. I know that I learn something almost every show we do. Well, I learn something every show we do. I only admit it sometimes. Um, but we, we, we do this every day. We're always talking about Jesus. We don't get into a, a, a lot of politics. Um, to be honest with you, we don't need to defend God. God's a big dude. He can defend himself. So it's our job just to kind of help everybody with the idea of different parts of the Bible and, and what they mean to us. And uh, the last few weeks, we've been going through the meaning of the cross. And, of course, my wingman and pastor, uh, Pastor Delmar Austin, is with me. And uh, so we got through the bad news, but not completely, huh? Well, the bad news is about sin, and uh, God's been addressing that issue from the very start. He addressed it with Adam and Eve. He addresses it with all those that acknowledge him and follow him. And what he's trying to explain to us is even though this, this problem of sin is there and we're dealing with it in our lives, it's very important for us to understand he's got a solution to that problem. And so he tells us that in many ways, one of the ways that he told us was through the uh, tabernacle system that was given to Moses out in the wilderness when the children of Israel were out there. And that's where I want to go back to. But before I do that, Mac, I'd like to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul is writing to the Corinthian believers, and what he is saying in here is this is the truth that we as Christians have. He makes a statement of belief or a a doctrinal teaching here, and he lists several things. Here's what we believe. And but here's how he starts it. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, he says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. This is, fair, this is foremost, right? That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That is what our message is all about. That is what our belief is all about. That God had an answer to the problem of sin. And that was for Jesus to come into this world. And it didn't just happen. It didn't just happen that Jesus wandered around until somebody got upset and killed him. He wasn't helpless in it. He came to this world to die as a sacrifice. He came here for that purpose of atoning for our sins. And that's what the Bible keeps saying over and over to us again. And even before Jesus comes, God is trying to explain it to us. This is what I'm going to do because of this problem of sin. Because I don't want us 
to have to be separated. Remember, a holy God, sinful human being, we're separated. Adam and Eve go out of the Garden of Eden, but God says, no, I don't want you just to be separated forever. I want to be one with you, and I'm going to find a way to resolve this problem of sin. And so part of what he's telling us in the Old Testament time is how the plan of salvation is going to work. The Old Testament tabernacle that was constructed out there in the wilderness was full of all sorts of object lessons that taught us about the plan of salvation. All the the special feast days that were a part of, yeah. of worshiping God, all the sacrifices that Israel was supposed to bring, all the... Uh, all the ritual that was a part of the service, uh, a part of the, this tabernacle service, that was very important in helping to explain what the plan of salvation was all about. My guest today is Pastor Delmar Austin. He is my co-host as we are in the middle of the meaning of the cross. And we sure do appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. If you've uh, wanted to catch up on some of the older shows or the beginning of these shows, you can go to YouTube. That's right. Go to YouTube.com and simply put in and search for the view from a pew. And the and a cannot be uh, changed around, just so you know. Uh, It's the view from a pew. All right, so we're talking about the meaning of the cross. We did this all last week, and we're going to do it next week, too, because we just have not had enough time uh, to get this stuff all in. Uh, But you were talking a minute ago about 1 Corinthians 15.3, where uh, Paul says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And those scriptures are Old Testament scriptures also. Yes, I think that's especially what he's referring to there. According to the scriptures, this has been God's plan. And, and what we're saying to you, what we're, we're preaching this story about Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. But this was foretold. This happened in the past. One of the words that's used in the New Testament is what was in the Old Testament were shadows. Shadows. Shadows that pointed to the reality. Yeah. The shadows were the things that that were the object lesson. They were what taught us what the re, what the real thing was going to be. So that the sanctuary service, the the all the sacrifices that you'd bring, the the lambs, the goats, the the young calves, all these things, they were not the way to solve the problem of sin. Jesus was. Jesus was the true sacrifice. Jesus not only was the sacrifice, but he was also the high priest. And this is exactly what is confirmed in Scripture in the New Testament. In Hebrews uh, chapter 9, it says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, no, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. He is not only the, the sacrifice, but he is also the high priest. We are uh, The View from a Pew, and uh, 
Delmar Austin is my co-host today. I'm Mac McCoy, and you're listening to the Friday edition of The View from a Pew. We're back every single weekday at 4 o'clock, and uh, next week we'll be into uh, the meaning of the cross a little bit longer because there's just a lot to learn, and we appreciate the opportunity uh, to learn that. Um, you know, I, th- I, I, I think we, we, we use the wrong word when we tell somebody I love you because God's love for us is the perfect love yes it's a complete love yeah and and he 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 cared about that we're going to be there for all of time and eternity with him that he had to send himself down as his son and have his life removed to forgive us of all of our sins um I guess what I meant by saying that, and I didn't think about talking about this today, but I'm, I'm going to for just a second. When you use that word love, when you say I love you, uh, remember where it started. It started inside of God and the love that he had for us, even though we could not be obedient. Uh, he, he, he took his own life so that we would no longer have to take animal sacrifices every single year and go to the high priest and just all the rigmarole that we had to go through uh, before Jesus came. And I, I, the most important word in my vocabulary is the word promise because, and it's, it's in my book, uh, there was a guy who I'd stop and say hi to when I was riding my bike back and forth. His name was Charlie. And he taught me the, what the word promise means because I flippantly said to him one day, okay, I promise. And then he taught me the lesson of what it means. We, I think we got to make sure that we also know that lesson comes with a responsibility when we say I love you Yes. to somebody. You know, in John 3.16, for God so loved the world, usually we understand that verse in the sense for God loved the world so much. Yeah. You know, he really, really loved the world. That's not the meaning of the, of the text. It, it says, for God loved. If you read the original language, it says, for God loved the world in this way. That's really what it means. He loved the world in this way. He sent his son, Jesus, into the world. Because God doesn't love in degrees, Mac, when God loves you, he loves you fully. Well, he, he doesn't love you just a little bit. He loves you completely. Yeah. Well, and he gave us humans four or five different kinds of love. But he, what I hear you saying is he's only got one love. Yes. It's all in, all yes. the time. And that's, that's such a confidence builder that God loved us so much that even in our fallen state, even in our sinfulness, God prepares a plan to rescue us from that big problem of sin that's out there. And God had a plan for this world. And all this stuff in the Old Testament with the bloody sacrifices and everything that took place, God actually showed us that in order that we would understand how big his love is. Yeah. God is love. Um, You know, one of the things that I am also learning when he said Love thy neighbor as thyself. <clears throat> I, I sometimes replace that word love with forgive. Because we have to forgive our neighbor as, as we want to be forgiven. Yes. And sometimes that just seems impossible. 
but that is a kind of love that God created inside of us because he wants to uh, he wants us to hold ourselves responsible for the sins that we commit yeah. even though he he's forgiven us we still have to recognize that we are not perfect and we never will be until we see him eyeball to eyeball you know if you look at Jesus on the cross if you look at a representation of it it means certain things to you. You understand a little bit of the Bible. But for people that don't, don't understand, all they see is a man dying. Yeah. But what the cross is trying to tell us is all about this, this plan that God had that said, I cannot l- allow you to lose life, to, to move away, to separate yourselves from me. I will rescue you. I will come for you. You know, a lot of times, uh, uh, by the way, my co-host today, as always, is Delmar Austin. Um, You know, when you're gone, I usually don't have a co-host. So they hear both of us or they hear just me. And they'd much (laughs) rather hear you, too. Um, But the thing I was going to say was that we love each other so much, and we say we love each other, but we don't do the things that God does for us in that same kind of love. And we've got to get better at that as human beings. Well, I agree. And I, but the only way to get better at, at anything is through the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Yeah. You know, because we can't just say, I'm going to be a better person. If we could do that, then, you know, we could take care of our own problems with sin. We can't. Yeah. We, are, we are hopelessly lost in sin is the message of the Bible. That's part of that bad news that we started talking about from the first. But there is good news. There is good news that's much better than the bad news about sin. God has a plan to take care of that problem of sin. And it's on Jesus. It's not on us. If it was on us... We're, we're lost right yeah, away. We wouldn't have it at all. All right, let's, uh, let's review a little bit because it's a Friday. And when we come back next week, we're going to start a third week on the meaning of the cross. And we, we've covered a lot. We've covered a lot of the good news, uh, the bad news, uh, light in the wilderness. I love that, that um, um, saying because there has to be light uh, for us to see, and that's not just seeing as in through our eyes, but through our hearts. We have to have the light of Jesus living within us. And then we get to some really uh, tough questions, and the one I want to ask you today is, were the religious practices of Israel essentially the same as early ancient religions, trying to satisfy the gods? Well, you know, I think that's what a lot of people believe. I think it's even uh, some Christians believe this, those ideas that somehow it was just a matter of people bringing sacrificial animals in order to try to make God happy. If you if you work hard enough and make God happy, then you're okay with God. And God is trying to explain through that system what the plan of salvation is all about. The plan of salvation is not that you can work your way to heaven. The plan of salvation is there was a perfect sacrifice for you. Well, and you know, every other religion, we have to find God, and we have to go to where he is, Yes. and we have to do something. We have to be mighty and bold and courageous. 
with Jesus, we can just be ourselves. He meets us where we're at, broken, sad, sinful. That's that's why Christianity is such a awesome answer for everything we go through in life. I, I, I don't know how I lived without it for 50 years, but I didn't know any better. And I have people now in my life that they still live without it. They, and it is, pray for them. And it is so honest, too, because really anybody can see by looking into the, the things that go on in this world, this is a sinful world. And if they really are honest with themselves and they look into their own life, they have to admit, I'm a sinful man or woman. I, I, am, I, I am not right in the things that I do. I, I, am, I fall short of the goodness of God. And I need something to save me. I can't do it myself. Well, we tried for 3,000 years. Yes. Right? And then Jesus came. And people are still trying. People are still trying to save themselves. Even those who who ought to know the good news are still many times swayed into legalism. Well, and it's it's just getting so worse. So worse. It's getting worse out there because... The enemy, Satan, is turning everything that was right into wrong and everything that was wrong into right, just turning the world upside down. It, 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 it's kind of hard to keep track sometimes. And, Mac, the reason we're talking about this is people need to have a biblical understanding of what God did to see God's goodness, to see his grace. And, Mac, there is probably less biblical knowledge in the world today than there was when you and I were growing up. Oh, yeah, I would agree. People are getting farther away from understanding. That's why we're talking about the atonement. That's why we're talking about the cross of Jesus Christ. People need to see and understand truth in order to have their heart respond to God. Well, we thank you for uh, being with us this week. We'll be back on Monday for uh, a brand new week of The Meaning of the Cross. I'm Matt McCoy, and if I haven't told you lately, thanks for listening. Love this job. Couldn't do it without you. And by the way, this weekend, think of somebody you need to forgive and forgive them, please. It means a life living wonderfully. Where you'll find more.